The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. Now, here's health and wellness specialist Leah Brenda Smith. Hi there. Welcome. I am your host, Leah Brenda Smith, and this is Come Back to Your Senses Radio. And today we're going to talk about Snoozlin multi-sensory environments. Snoozlin multi-sensory environments. It's a very exciting topic and certainly something that I could not even really begin to scratch the surface of in an hour radio program. But um, I'm going to give you some guidelines, some ideas of what it's about and how you can access more information about it, and uh, we'll go from there. But before we get into that, I think it's good to talk about our world as being the largest multisensory environment that, uh, that we know of. And um, certainly the difference between what we experience just in the world at large and what we experience in a specialized environment where the stimulation is controlled, that's the difference, the stimulation is controlled. So really, it's good to start to think about what you need in terms of your own sensory load, so to speak, because every person has their own preferences in terms of their senses. And... I've mentioned before, some like it hot and some like it cool. Some like the temperature to be warm. Some like it cool when they're sleeping. Some people like to wear colored clothing. Other people like to wear patterns. People like spicy food. Some people like sweet food. Some people like salty food. And these are just some little examples of what it's like for us when we all have our own different preferences. You know, the whole world is full of sensory stimulation all the time. And right from when we're born, we're born into this world that really is bombarding our senses with lights and sounds and movement and temperature and smells and the tactile feelings. Some of us are fussy with our clothing. As an example, some people like to wear wool, and for other people, it's just too itchy. Some people are bothered by the little labels on the the collar of their clothing. I certainly clip off the labels for my clothes because I feel that uh, in the back of my neck, and some people aren't aware of that type of thing. 
Some people can have a lot of noise and music. It can have the TV on and the radio on and a lot of activity going on and not think anything of it. Whereas other people need to have a more regulated sensory environment and need things to be quieter in order to focus. So right from when we're born, we have all these challenges. And as we grow and develop, our brain learns to deal with all the sensory input that's coming because we're receiving information from our senses all of the time. Everything we experience in every moment, really, throughout our lives is experienced and registered and recorded in our senses. And as we grow, our responses become organized and we become automatic with things. You know, you'll often hear people say, Oh, you know, uh, uh, if there's a fan going or something, I may make a comment to say, oh, isn't that sound bothering you? And, and people will say, no, I don't even hear it anymore. We learn, I guess, as we grow and explore in our world to tune out things, to really close our senses down in order to be able to function with all of these things that are bombarding us all the time. So we ignore the excessive stem stimulation that we have. And it is challenging for our central nervous system all the time to be processing all this information. And oftentimes when people are feeling stressed, it's really coming from an overstimulation or you're tired, you're stressed, you have a lot on your mind, and then that impairs really your ability to deal with these things that you're feeling and all the sensations that are coming into you. So it's good for you to be aware of that for yourself so that you can start to make the changes that you might need in order for you to be able to feel more balanced within yourself. Now, we're all familiar with these uh, five main senses that we have of our vision that gives us the detail about the things that are around us and shows us where things begin and other things end, the shape and the size and the color and the contrast of things. And we're familiar with our tactile, our sense of touch and how we can make contact with our surroundings. You know, some people like a light touch, some people like a deeper touch. And we have that sensation of pain and everyone's pain threshold is different. And then there's the hearing from our senses that provides us with all the details of what's going on around us in our world. The volume, the rhythm, the tones, and our sense of smell. Some of us have very keen sense of smell and smell things that other people aren't even aware of. And we develop memories, very strong, pleasant memories from different smells from our childhood. Everyone loves that, the smell of fresh baking or cooking in the kitchen. And our sense of taste in our mouth that some people like soft foods, other people like things that are smooth, other people, you know, we all have our different preferences for what we like. And for some people, it's not even just the taste, but it's the feel of the food in, in the mouth. So it's kind of that combination of the, the taste and the tactile. And there is an interplay with our senses, 
that it's not just taste or not just smell, but it's the combination of all the things put together. And then there's a couple other senses that we're not as familiar with. And one of them is referred to as the vestibular sense. And this really is our really point of balance, really, in our lives. And it gives us information about gravity and the change in our head positions and tells us if we're moving or if we're still and tells us about direction and speed and even can help us with the vertical and horizontal ideas of what we're seeing with the horizon even when our eyes are closed. Then the other sense is a something that's referred to as proprioception. And this is really the information that comes from our joints and our muscles and our body parts. Stuff that we're usually not aware of. You know, the position of our body parts to each other and uh, the relationship to ourself and other objects and things. And sometimes you see if people are bumping into things, they may be having difficulty with their proprioceptive sense. And so we really are a combination of all this sensory input and sensory information. And the central nervous system, really, that's the job of the central nervous system to balance all these things out. But, you know, even with people that don't have any type of disorder or imbalance, folks without sensory processing issues, we all have difficulty from time to time managing that where we're just overloaded and we can't take any more input and we need to find ways to kind of turn some of that off or regulate our senses and really the snoozling multi-sensory environment is a fabulous tool for that type of thing to help us balance our senses and come back to our senses so to speak. And the experience, I first was in a snoozeland room actually in 2001 in Israel. I was on a special trip with uh, a organization that I work for that serves people with disabilities. And uh, we went on a trip to Israel with some staff and some clients. And one of the places we visited was a school for people with disabilities. And we went into a snoozeland room. This was a very uh, beautiful experience. The room we went into was white. And when we entered the room, everything was white. The floors, the chairs, the ceilings, the walls. And except for the equipment that was actually in the room, there were colored lights from a five-foot bubble tube in the corner And there were mirrors in the corner, so it looked like there was actually four or five or even six different bubble tubes in the room. And this bubble tube was about five feet high, and there were bubbles floating up, and the colors were changing, the primary colors. It would go red and blue and green and yellow. And the bubbles would uh, float to the surface and continue coming up from the bottom. And it was beautiful to just sit and watch the bubbles. It was very, very relaxing. And in another place in the room, there was something that's called a solar projector. And this projector puts images um, on the wall. 
in particular, the room we were in, there was a um, projector with fireworks, actually, were the images. And this went, it had the sun and the, the moon and the stars, and there were fireworks and bright colors, and it rotated around in a circle in the room. And it was very captivating and very delightful to watch this. And then another place in the room, there was a set of uh, fiber optics cables. They were hanging from an enclosure on the wall. And they were m- really multicolored. There were strings of, of light, and the lights were blinking and shimmering. And it was so exciting, yet so soothing at the same time. And then in other places in the room, there were as many tactile items and panels on the wall and containers with musical instruments and other things to explore and to play with. There was relaxing music. It was very appealing. And there were lovely, there was a smell of lavender in the room that really just filled the whole room. It was so pleasant. And I was really enjoying this experience. And I noticed that the people I was with were enjoying it as well. And we all kind of uh, felt rejuvenated and refreshed and relaxed and very soothed by the experience. And after when we came back uh, from our trip through a private donation, the organization was actually um, asked me to uh, do the research and do the training and uh, to actually create a snoozlin room for the organization. So because of my therapeutic background, I guess uh, it seemed like I was a perfect candidate to go off and, and learn those things and do those things. So that was my first experience with Snoozlin and with the Snoozlin environment, the multisensory environment. And that was already, you know, a decade or, or more ago. And certainly since that time in the last decade, things have grown and evolved and the changes in technology have just been amazing what's available now in the Snoozlin multisensory environments, even compared to back then. And as technology and new discoveries happen, that that will continue to to grow and to flourish and to make available to people. Snoozlin opens the world for people that would otherwise not be able to really interact much with the world. And Snoozlin... The word Snoozlin itself originated in Holland in the early 1980s. And it's really derived of two Dutch words, one being snuffelen, which is to seek out or to explore. And the other word is doozelen, which means to relax. And the idea of Snoozlin was really created by Dutch therapists at the Hul and Jan Husleg. And they were seeking out a means by which they could offer recreation and leisure and relaxation experiences to people that were severely disabled. Because the population they were serving were not able to just go to any community center and enjoy a rec leisure experience like other people were able to. Now, these therapists had heard of other therapists that were creating special environments with multisensory 
rooms. They were doing experiments. And they took up on the idea and created a simple tent with colorful material that moved around in the air by a fan. And they projected images of ink mixed with water onto a screen. They added tactile items and musical instruments. They had soaps and scents of different things and and food that was flavorful and appealing. And they started to experiment with the adults with severe disabilities that they were working in to see what kind of effect this specialized multisensory environment would have on them. And their experiment was a huge success. They found that it was especially beneficial to people that were very low functioning and unable to really derive much enjoyment or pleasure from other activities. And the people responded very positively to the multisensory environment. They responded, they were able to respond verbally or non-verbally and their their pleasure was just so uh, apparent that they continued to do experiments and continued to create more elaborate environments. And what happened was Husleg and Verhul created a philosophy around Snoozelin and they emphasized that Snoozelin should be self-directed, not focused on achievable, predetermined, measurable outcomes for education or therapy. But they felt that Snoozeland, the Snoozeland experience really could provide individuals with a unique opportunity to be themselves and to make their own choices, which really gave a kind of liberation and freedom that they weren't able to experience anywhere else. So when the individuals were free from the demands of life in the classroom or needing to achieve goals, You know, without the routines and protocols that they normally were governed by, that they were able to step, kind of like stepping outside of the box that others had put them in, and they were simply able to explore their own sensory world. And it was quickly noted that Snoozlin enhanced the quality of their life by allowing them the freedom to explore. They were free from predetermined limitations or their diagnosis, and they were just able to be. And as time went on, and they continued with their own experimenting and creating these environments, they hooked up with a a company in the UK called Rampa, who eventually ended up creating actually equipment specifically for the use of Snoozeland environments. Now, I described to you earlier a white room, which was the first room that I went in, and I have created um, a couple of rooms, and the rooms I've created also were white rooms. But there are so many different types of rooms that are used for different different reasons. There's rooms that are more for romping that have the type of equipment or things that people can really run and jump and swing and do those types of things, more like a jungle gym kind of thing. 
And there was a project in uh, Florida at a school in Pensacola where they created theme rooms. They made a jungle room and a space room and a magic room and a, a room that was like the North Pole. So really, Snoozelin is a huge <laughs> area of discovery and a huge opportunity for people with all types of disabilities, people with dementia, seniors, and people that are experiencing chronic pain, people with mental health issues. The use of Snoozeland started with people with developmental disabilities and then grew from there. The second population really was with seniors and with people with dementia, and then it has expanded out from there. And we'll find even, I think, in years to come that it will be a more generalized associated with more generally for everyone, even as a form of just stress reduction. So I had mentioned earlier in the room that I was in um, three different types of pieces of equipment, and they're really the basics of really what make up the basic kind of model or the basic kit of Snoozlin. And one, as I mentioned, was the fiber optics cable with the, the colored lights coming down, these uh, 70 strands of uh, lights. The other is the bubble tube that changes colors and the bubbles go up and down in the tube. And the other is the solar projector. And the solar projector really is the piece of equipment that can change really the whole mood in the room because it projects these images on the wall. I mentioned a fireworks uh, one that we had in that room. There are uh, many, many different other uh, other types of uh, effects that you could put on there. There's ones that are just kind of colors and moving there's other ones that are a forest with animals. The, the list goes on and on in terms of the patterns and things you can put on the wall. There are some things that are colored effects that look like spirograph. You know, remember the spirograph uh, uh, thing from earlier years where there's these geometric shapes and colors that are moving and filling and emptying. So really, I want to just talk about how Snoozeland works. And there's really, there's patterns of light and sound and movement that are created by the Snoozlin equipment. And these are organized in specific rhythms and patterns that repeat in cycles. So what really happens is the brain acclimatizes to these repetitive cycles and patterns in a very positive and organized way. The brain's altered by a process of, if you like, of entrainment. The consistency in the patterns and the cycles from the equipment entertains the senses and it entertains the brain waves, which alter the brain chemistry and create a shift in awareness. Now, this produces an increase in attention and in connection within the individual. And once this shift has occurred, it's more possible then for the individual to interact with the environment in a purposeful and meaningful ways, ways that are purposeful and meaningful to them. 
Now, whether that's just for pure joy and pleasure or focused on a specific task, their level of functionality will automatically increase because they're more fully present in their body and in their mind and in their emotions and in their spirit. Now, the shift in brain chemistry lowers the stress hormones of cortisol and adrenaline and increases the happy hormones of serotonin and dopamine, which have a natural calming effect on the nervous system. So the important factor always is finding the right balance of stimulation for the individual. So then there are one of the other, uh, another therapist that was working to develop snoozolin coined a phrase called the enabling approach. Her name is uh, Louise Hagar. And she says that the enabling approach is really about being sensitive. It's caring. It happens in an atmosphere of safety. It's non-directive. Security is encouraged. And the enabler and the client will share a common positive emotional experience during the activity. There's no formal focus on therapy or outcomes, but the focus really is about assisting the person using the room to gain the maximum pleasure from the activity. The maximum pleasure. So really the basis of Snoozlin in the creation of it really was to create a pleasurable, comfortable, enjoyable experience initially for people with profound disabilities. Now the caregivers need to surrender the control at the door and let the participant lead the experience. Just to observe their reactions closely and cater to their preferences. So the caregivers end up doing more encouraging and less directing. Now, obviously, depending on who goes in the room with the individual, there are sometimes just counselors that work with people with developmental disabilities in the case of that population, or you could have occupational therapists or recreational therapists or physiotherapists or myself, a health and wellness practitioner. I ran uh, a room and... The, the background of these individuals would certainly bring different experiences to people as with anything that you do, just like you go to different treatments. So even within the environment itself, people's expertise and background can enhance different things. So I might tend to do a little more maybe hands-on care in the room because that's more the background that I'm coming from. So really... Snoozlin is used in a lot of populations now for children in schools and rehabilitation centers, um, autism programs. It's used in early intervention programs. For adults, it's in recreation centers, community centers, residential programs, private homes, health centers. And in the elderly you have Snoozlin rooms in nursing homes, retirement centers, day program, palliative care. They have Snoozlin rooms in 
hospitals for people with mental disorders, in children's treatment centers. I've heard of the Snoozlin imaging the protectors being used in uh, the with children at the children's hospital. You know, the when they go into those machines, the diagnostic machines, the imaging machines, and kids are afraid, they they are now putting the projectors there so that it's more appealing for the children. So really, sensory deprivation and sensory overload are really the two things that really impact the most on individuals. And sensory deprivation may arise from impaired functionality as with a brain injury or impaired cognitive skills, like with a developmental disability, lower sensory acuity. You can find that with depression or limited memory with people with Alzheimer's, limited focus, maybe again with people with ADHD, Low engagement could be with people that are isolated and don't have much opportunity for interaction. And even with people with chronic pain, they have restricted movement and that can lead to more sensory deprivation. And another uh, therapist, an occupational therapist, Patricia Wilbanger, she said that our sensory diet needs are similar to our nutritional diet needs. We need the right combination of sensory input to keep us at a uh, the optimal level of alertness and performance. So what is Snoozlin really? It, Snoozlin offers a, a safe environment where it's multisensory. You have touch, visual stimulation, smell, hearing, and there's an opportunity for individuals to experience control, experience safety. There are important feelings that are associated with Snoozlin where people feel self-worth. They feel able to do things. They have a sense of emotional well-being and building relationships and feeling secure and being able to share with each other. So really, Snoozlin is all about an environment where we can experience pleasure, where the sensations are pleasant, the sounds are soothing, we have aromas that are intriguing, interesting lights, interesting things to see and do and explore, and it offers a lot of opportunity for interaction and engagement. It's free from pressure. It's a unique setting. There's no inherent expectations and you don't need to force anything. It's not goal oriented. There's nothing you need to do. So the original philosophy of Snoozlin was that of pleasure. And even though the focus isn't necessarily on creating therapeutic outcomes, you naturally receive therapeutic benefit from being in the room. I found myself, even when I was uh, building the room and had contractors coming in the room to, to help with the putting together of the Snoozlin room, that they would even comment, even without the equipment on in the room, they would comment how the environment was soothing and relaxing and how they noticed the difference. 
So I wanted to just share with you a couple of my experiences that I have had in working in the room with people. And um, this one uh, fella in particular, we'll give him a fictitious name, we'll call him Steve. And I noticed with Steve that he, he just seemed to stare at things and that was his way of trying to communicate. He would stare at things and wait till the counselor would try to make suggestions or try to guess what it is that he was wanting. And I noticed this with him. I knew that he was able to speak, but I also noticed that he didn't really use his words very much. So one day when we were in the snoozing room, I sat and did a, uh, well, it's kind of really a gazing meditation or some people might say a stare down. And uh, Steve and I just sat there for probably a good 20 minutes with our gaze locked on each other and just sat there and did a gazing meditation or did a stare down. And it was interesting to, to just be present with him and not feel the need to have to do anything different. And after, as I said, 15 or 20 minutes, he got up and started to move around the room and go and get the things that he wanted. And then I noticed after that that he never did that staring anymore. He would ask for what he wanted or go and get what he wanted, and he started to communicate more with me. And I noticed that another great effect he was experiencing in the snoozeland room, he had a lot of uh, seasonal disorder, and I noticed that it really helped to balance his moods. Another benefit he received also was the opportunity to really get more comfortable with change in the room. He always wanted everything exactly in the same place. He was very excessive and compulsive with it. If something was out of place a little bit or I had moved something, he would uh, go immediately move it around. And after a while, I noticed this about him, so I would uh, get him to help me actually rearrange the room. He would come in, and I would have things in a different place, and I would get him to actually help me rearrange the room. And after a while, he seemed to be okay with that. He came in one day, and I said, oh, no, Steve, we're, we've changed the room now. We're going to leave it this way. And he was able uh, to actually be comfortable with that. But the greatest thing I noticed with this fellow was that he was very happy in Snoozlin. He hummed and he would kind of just get this hum like a great glee and a great look of satisfaction would come over him. And I had another person that I brought in the room, uh, we'll call her Sue, and she often would be depressed and uh, she had low self-esteem and experienced chronic pain and she just loved it in the room. She'd come in and she would settle in. She liked to meditate a little bit in the room and just be quiet. And then also we found that she let herself play with the instruments and we would do stretching and she would tell me what she wanted to do and we would create little activities for herself and it just seemed to help her to come out of her shell and to start to explore different things and start to ask for what it is that she wanted. 
And I had another uh, fellow, we'll call him Phil. He was a really, like, shy. He was, like, painfully shy. And he was hunched over, and he never really looked up too much, and his limbs were always very close to his body. And I discovered that he really loved to play ball. And I don't think anybody really knew that about him. So we would play catch in the snoozlin room, and he just thought that was terrific. He would laugh, and he would giggle, and he would talk to me about how when he was younger, and he used to play ball, and how much he loved it. And then... As he started to loosen up, we also started to do things with him where he just started dancing. And I would get him to dance and shake his body and wiggle around and start to loosen up his body. And I hadn't seen him ever as happy as I did in the snoozling room. So there's so much that is available to people from coming into the snoozling room. And there's been lots of research that's been done on snoozling. And obviously, you know, snoozling stimulates the senses. And for a lot of people, it does provide an alternative to medication. They don't feel as isolated. There's an increase in people's ability to function and their awareness and their intention. With some people, their cognition improves, their speech improves, their happiness increases. And there's encouragement, there's movement, there's range of motion. People loosen up, people relax, and people sort of are returned back to who they are in their natural state, relaxed and able to enjoy their life. There's a great decrease in aggression and in abuse, and people that are sometimes involved in self-injurious behaviors, the, the incidences of that really lowers. So there's lots of positive outcomes and people re- report uh, increased rapport in relationships and improved client-caregiver communication, changes in behavior, more able to learn tasks. And there's an overall improved sense of well-being that people experience that can expand then into other opportunities outside of the snoozlin room and help people with learning and motivation and social interaction. So people are in, experienced in a, an increase in the quality of their life. Snoozlin can be used to explore the world and explore a person's senses and their likes and their dislikes. It can calm people down that are in an anxious state or are having a tantrum. I certainly had great experiences with that when taking people into the room, even people that had come into the room in a very agitated state and after sometimes 5, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it was for each individual, and then they would just find that they were softening and relaxing. For some people, they really need stimulation and to be stimulated, and other people need to have the stimulation calm down. So for individuals that need stimulation, they're able to get that through the snoozlin room. People feel empowered in the snoozlin room and more able to make choices, self-expression, 
and really the enjoyment and the quality of life is really paramount for people. You know, with the advances in technology, there is equipment that is used for Snoozlin that now, even just with the slightest motion, the blinking of an eye or the slightest movement, people are able to interact with the equipment and, and, and make changes in the environment. I've seen even a type of um, equipment where there's a, uh, like a pad down on the floor that projects images. And uh, this is a wonderful thing for people that have, let's say, cerebral palsy that, you know, spend their life in a chair and can't really get out and do things. And I've, I've seen it kind of stimulate or simulate as if you um, uh, are walking into a, when any movement, it's like the water moves as if you're moving in a, a pool of water or um, in a pile of leaves or even tucking into a tent or different things like this. So really, there have been a lot of advancements in Snoozlin. And even though that's true, I think that we're really, really on the threshold and really at the beginning still of what's really going to be available for people. As I said, it really opens up the world for people that would normally be not able to really participate very much. There's another person, I'll call her Sally, that I have worked with that is... um uh, she's actually bed-bound, and uh, she had a stroke, and she's uh, paralyzed. And I have brought uh, a snoozlin kind of satchel. It's kind of like a snoozlin sack on wheels with uh, different types of equipment. And I brought that and kind of uh, just brought it up on her bed and put the colored lights on and put the projector to project beautiful images on the wall and she's able to get a kind of stimulation that she would never be able to get otherwise. And it's so beautiful to see what happens with her, you know, when I do bring the snoozling equipment to her. And she's able to have experiences that she never imagined. You know, there's one piece of the colored light equipment that she really likes that... um uh, she likes it blinking so, so fast just to because she has such a low affect and doesn't get very much stimulation. So the blinking lights really quickly make it so beautiful for her. And, you know, there's this um, quote from a uh, it's actually a commercial, a disinfectant advertisement. And it says that the average person touches about 300 surfaces in every 30 minutes. And then it says that the average person with a profound disability will likely touch one to five surfaces in that same time frame. So you can imagine then what the Snoozlin world can do, Snoozlin multisensory environments can do for people that really don't have very much opportunity to really get much stimulation. People laying in bed all day, people in nursing homes. There have been great results for people with chronic pain going into snoozling and the relaxation that happens because of the change in the brain chemistry and then the attraction to all the things in the room initially distracts them from the pain. And people are getting really great benefit from being in snoozling. 
people with uh, Alzheimer's and dementia having opportunities to be in an environment where they're getting stimulation and getting so much pleasure. I had some experiences with a a man, we'll call him Mike, that um, uh, is autistic. And uh, he didn't really show much interest really in anything outside of the snoozlin room. And he spent a lot of time just self-stimulating, just trying to entertain himself by, you know, moving his hands or doing things that were pleasing for him that just had to do with himself and his own body. And I noticed that he really didn't seem to be interested in really participating in anything in the room, but he was very clear. He went in the room and had a place that he liked to sit in the room. And we would sit in the silence a lot together and just be still. And again, after some time of being in the room, and it wouldn't happen every time he came in the room, but after some time I would notice that it was as if he, the experience of that state change in him was so apparent because he would sit up tall and you could see that he was actually looking around the room. He really liked the um, effect wheel that was the forest and he loved the images of the animals going round in the room like that. And that was bringing him pleasure. I had another gal in the room with me that a young uh, a young gal in the room and and she liked the um uh, fiber optic cables in the room we used to play this game of charades in the room it was quite funny we would take the bundle of fiber optics cables and we would pretend uh, she would rock like as if she was rocking her baby or she would uh, put it on her uh, hair as if she was saying oh do you like my new hairdo and different things like this just as a way of being silly and playing and Another gal, we used to make up songs and we would sing songs about the bubble tube and sing songs about swinging. And it's really, really a a fabulous tool for people. And there's lots of information on Snoozland that is available. The company that I trained with is called Flag House. And you can find them at www.flaghouse.ca. And Flaghouse is really the leaders in North America with Snoozeland. And I did my training with them and got the equipment from them to put together the rooms that I put together. And they're really a one-stop shop for anything that you need on Snoozeland. So if you want to check them out on the, on the website, go to www.flaghouse.ca and then click on the Snoozeland link and that will take you to anything and everything that you need to know about Snoozeland or or need to inquire about how it is you can create a room for your facility or even to be able to make a sensory-friendly environment in your own home. So I really encourage you to think about Think about sensory-friendly environments and realize that we all need to live in a sensory-friendly world. And I noticed it years ago already, and I haven't seen many other things happening since, but I guess in some of the airports, I can't remember which one in particular that I was in, 
that uh, they've kind of created like a sensory friendly uh, walkways, you know, as you're going from one tunnel to another and they've got uh, beautiful music and uh, a colored lights and, and things to try to make things more soothing. But especially for you, those of you that are living with or have family members with disabilities or with dementia that are dealing with mental health issues or have chronic pain, I really encourage you to investigate Snoozlin and investigate this opportunity. Check out the website and see what may be available. And there may just be things that you can do in your own home and in your own environment that can bring relief to people. And I've been really privileged to work with many people in the Snoozlin room and to really be involved with Flaghouse Canada and to see many of their presentations at um, sensory conferences in Toronto and to really understand that there's so much that's available for people that wasn't available in the earlier years and that Snoozlin is really on the leading edge of making things available in a new way to people and really opening up the world and opening up life for people that many people with disabilities have a lot more ability than anyone ever really knew about and sometimes it's only through them being in the snoozlin room that anyone is even aware that they're aware of things and it's really well worth the investigation to see how it is that you can connect other people up with this. So I just want to tell you another little story about a fellow, we'll call him Bill, who was very hyperactive. And he liked to play to the max. And he was interesting when he'd come in the snoozlin room. It took him quite a few sessions before he really settled in and really settled into the room. He would... Every few minutes, he was trying to go out in the hallway to check if his staff was still there. And, you know, sometimes you can set the room up so if someone is hyperactive, you can put a lot of stimulation and a lot of things going on in the room at the same time to kind of match their level of activity. And after a while, when they are matched in that level of activity that they would naturally calm down. Other times you could have someone come in the room that's hyperactive and you could tune the room down and maybe you only put one thing on in the room so you really had a room that didn't have very much stimulation in it. And after a while, the same type of thing could happen for the individual. So I was really amazed with this uh, with this fellow Bill because... <laughs> I would uh, I would play with him. He would he would really encourage me to play with him like I was his little playmate in the room. So we would do that and we would we would play and we would squeal and jump and play with the big body balls and have a lot of activity. And then it was so beautiful to eventually just watch him unwind and and get all that energy out and then be able to sit and sit still 
And then he would go for other things in the room and start to play with some of the smaller toys and, and start to just on his own accord put, you know, the little square shapes into the, the square colored hole and play with the things in the room and really engage and interact with me. It was really lovely. I had another fellow that was quite uh, hyperactive, and he actually used to just, th- he would come in the room and just throw things around. And he would just throw the pillows and throw the tactile items, and he was quite, uh, he'd throw the instruments. And and after a, a while, um, just from being with him and just being there with him, he would start to come around and would start to pick up the things with me and put them back in the bucket and then start to play with things in a different way and start to play with the musical instruments and actually derive a different type of meaning out of what it was that he was doing, which seemed to make him very, very happy. And I had one uh, one gal that was visually impaired that I used to take in the room and she would love it. I could gather up the ends of the fiber optic cables and the little the lights that were very intense uh, on the end of the strands and bring them up near her face and she was able to perceive the light and she would love that she would she would talk to her staff the week in between and say when am i going to snoozy land she call it snoozy land i want to go to snoozy land and she would speak about the colored lights and she loved it just swinging and relaxing and just the movement that it would give her and that feeling of freedom and that feeling of enjoyment. And she also loved it in the, in the swing. She loved it in the swing and she loved to get massage and she just loved it in the room. And it was such a nice thing for her, especially because of the visual impairment and not really being able to be involved in, in much in the, in the world. So as I said, I really encourage you to check out, just go to www.flaghouse.com. And you'll be amazed at what it is that they're up to and how it is that they're serving people with all types of different disorders, disabilities, impairments to really have a better quality of life and to really, to really come into their own sense of themselves. You know, sensory processing disorders can be so all pervasive for people that they never get any reprieve or any sense of stability or sense of calm or sense of enjoyment. And the Snoozland sensory environments are really offering those opportunities to people. And when people have their sensory system balanced, you, you never know what other types of things can come out of that for them what other types of abilities may come to the foreground or other types of interests that may come to the foreground as a result of of their experience with having their sensory world balanced from the inside out. Snoozeland, multi-sensory environments has really been an incredible gift. An incredible gift to people that are living with these challenges that they can have a life and they can have enjoyment. 
So I encourage you, as I said, www.flaghouse.com and click on Snoozlin and you'll find everything you need there. So I've really enjoyed this opportunity to speak with you about Snoozlin multisensory environments today. And I am your host, Leah Brenda Smith, and grateful for this opportunity to share with you. And you've been listening to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. So we encourage you to tune in next week. And um, if you'd like, you can friend me on Facebook. Click the links on the side of the host page there. Or you can go to my website. There's information there about Snoozlin and the other things that are available to you. There's articles. There's information about Reiki. There's information about palliative care, about bone medicine. So I thank you for joining in the conversation today. And this is Leah Brenda-Smith, and we'll see you next week. enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life thank you for tuning in to come back to your senses radio please join leah brenda smith again next thursday at 1 p.m pacific time 4 p.m eastern time on the voice america variety channel we'll see you next week Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.